Week 13 of the NFL is here, and the New York Jets are flying high with new starting quarterback Mike White. Kyle Shanahan meets his old friend and Mike McDaniels in a head-to-head matchup between the Dolphins and 49ers. Deshaun Watson makes his big return to Cleveland, and his first game, it just so happens to be against the Houston Texans. Matthew Stafford is placed on IR. Is his career in question? We'll talk about all of this today on the Daily Dubs Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Daily Dubs Podcast. Week 13 is here. I want to get right into it, man, with some New York Jets. Let's talk about their dynamic they got going on. They have a little bit of a quarter quarterback controversy between Mike White and Zach Wilson. Mike White came on the scene and he threw what well, I think it was three touchdowns, 300 yards, and he he had like a completed percentage above 65 or something like that, but he was very efficient and he looked good in that offense. And the New York Jets have a good defense and they have weapons. They have Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, I mean, they have the weapons, and they have a coach who knows how to get his team inspired. Zach Wilson, I don't think he is the quarterback for the Jets. I mean, he looks like he was kind of raised with the silver with the silver platter, you know. He's got the silver spoon treatment. He doesn't really know how to deal with the adversity, and he seems kind of, I mean, I don't want to jump to conclusion, but he seems kind of spoiled, right? Mike White, I mean, he's different. He's jumped from different colleges. He never had the spotlight on him. I mean, his first two years were at South Florida, and then his second two years were at Western Kentucky. And I think he started off the NFL in Dallas, if I'm if I'm correct. But yeah, I just think he was more efficient in the offense than Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson's just struggling to put the whole NFL game together. I mean, that's why he makes these weird throws and his you look at his stat lines they're always some weird line like 11 for 21 for like 120 yards and one touchdown like that is not efficient that is not efficient that's not gonna work and if Mike White continues to play the way he's playing I can see the Jets flying real high I really like the Jets and I want them to keep it up I want them to start Mike White over Zach Wilson I called it Zach Wilson would be a bust he doesn't even look like an NFL quarterback at least to me To me, he reminds me, he's closer to Baker Mayfield than he is to a Justin Herbert, okay? That's the way I see it. He's not at, I mean, he's not above average. He might be average at his ceiling, but he's nowhere close to his ceiling right now. And I don't think with his discipline, he will ever even reach that ceiling. So, Zach Wilson, I'm out on you, buddy. Sorry. (laughs) But there's another... Let's move on to another game that's going to be probably more competitive, and it has a lot of headlines to it, and that's the Miami Dolphins and the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel, they have a lot of history. I mean, they started together in 2000 because Mike McDaniels, he owes his whole career to the Shanahans, both Mike Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan. He became a ball boy in 2000 for Mike Shanahan and the Broncos, and Kyle Shanahan was there. And then I believe Mike McDaniel struggled with a, I think it was an alcohol problem, if I'm not correct. Yeah, he was pretty open about it. He talked about it, that he struggled with the alcohol problem, so he kind of disappeared from the scene for a little bit after his uh, little stint with the as being a ball boy for the Broncos. 
But he did go to Yale and he graduated in 2005 and he returned to Denver as an intern. Then when Kyle joined the Houston Texans under Gary Kubiak, Mike McDaniel followed Kyle there and they've been together ever since. They went to work together in Washington. I think that was the RG3 days. And then they went to Cleveland. And then they were in Atlanta for the Matt Ryan days and their Super Bowl run. And then the whole time in San Francisco in their Super Bowl runs and all their playoff stints, Mike McDaniels has been right there under Kyle Shanahan's wing. Mike McDaniels and Kyle Shanahan have both expressed how they're basically big brother, little brother. That's how close they are. I mean, think about it. You're, you're a coach. You put in countless hours countless hours you're up from like 6 a.m to maybe 10 p.m sometimes you know putting all these game scripts together and sometimes they would sleep at the facility they talked about that they would sleep at the facility when they had to get a lot of work done so can you imagine the the friendship mike mcdaniels and kyle shanahan have and right now i'm kind of like i'm kind of on the fence about both of their team but i'm i'm more convinced with the shanahan team than i am mike mcdaniels because i mean the only notable win the Dolphins have is probably against the Bills. Everyone else has been kind of just, eh, that's not really a tough game, or I could see them losing. But, I mean, the Patriots, that was their first game, the Patriots. They won 20-7. to Then the next week they played the Ravens. The Ravens have a, um, let me think, they have a, they have a very weird team. If Lamar's not working, the whole team's not working. That's pretty much what it is. The defense ain't going to stop nobody if the offense ain't going. That's why they lost 42-38. to So, yeah, the Dolphins, I'll give them that win as an impressive win, I guess. But the Bills, they won 21-19. to To me, that's more impressive than the Ravens win. But then they go and they lose three in a row. But that was also when Tua was out. So they lost to the Bengals, the Jets, and the Vikings. All three of those teams are playoff teams. They lost by decent margins. 27-15 to the Bengals, 40-17 against the Jets, and 24-16 against the Vikings. Yes, the next week they beat the Steelers, 16-10. Then they beat the Lions, 31-27. The Lions, for some reason, know how to play up to people and down to people. They're just, they don't have their own identity. They just like giving the other team a run for the money. The Bears, I mean, the Bears are bad. Especially, well, not really bad. I mean, Justin Fields, now that he started doing something, even though he got hurt, the Bears have hope but not this season. And then the Browns, they had Jacoby Brissett and the Dolphins got trounced. I mean, the Dolphins didn't get trounced. The Dolphins trounced them 39-17. Then they got the Texans. We all knew who was going to win that when They put up 30 points in, what, the first half or something like that. I don't even know what it was. It wasn't that big of a matchup. But now look at the end of the Dolphins' schedule. The 49ers, the Chargers, the Bills, the Packers, the Patriots, and the Jets. All of those teams can possibly be playoff teams. The Packers are still trying to fight their way back, but luckily for them, their division is in reach. They just need to stack some wins. It's not going to be easy, but they can do something. That's what I'm saying. The Dolphins haven't been battle-tested to me. This is where their gauntlet starts. This is where we're going to find out if the Dolphins are real or if they're just kind of riding some high waves. But the 49ers are the same way. I mean, they lost the home opener to the Bears. 
I mean, not the home opener, their home, the first game of the season to the Bears because they were in Chicago. That was a horrible game. I remember it. Justin Fields just like was the Achilles heel for the whole 49ers defense. The defense was struggling at that point. But then the next week they go and they win against the Seattle Seahawks. So, I mean, the Seattle Seahawks, they don't own the 49ers. I just think it was Russell Wilson that owned the 49ers. But then they go and they lose to, guess who? Russell Wilson the next week when the Broncos. So, like I said, I believe that Russell Wilson just owns the Niners. He knows how to beat them. I mean, I don't know. That's just what it is. And then they go and they whoop the crap out of the Rams. They always whoop the crap out of the sorry-ass Rams. And then we got the Panthers. They beat the Panthers. Then they lose twice to the Falcons and the Chiefs. The Falcons, they were a little banged up, and they were coming off of, like, it was something weird. I can't remember that week. They they're missing a lot of their interior, and they were going up against a stout run game, and they just couldn't stop it. That's all it was. They couldn't stop the run game. And then the Chiefs, I mean, that's expected. What do you expect? It's the Chiefs, the Super Bowl champs. And I always knew that the Chiefs would give the 49ers the hardest time. And that's why I don't want to play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl if the 49ers go, because I don't think the 49ers can beat the Chiefs confidently. I don't think they can. It'd have to be a perfect game for the 49ers to beat the Chiefs. And that's what we saw in that Super Bowl. They needed the perfect game. And a couple of plays they missed and they lost. That's just how it goes. But then they beat the crap out of the Rams again. Get us back on track. We don't want to be on that three-game losing streak. Then they beat the Chargers. The Chargers were missing some receivers, but they still have some of their team. Niners are missing some of their squad, so it's not that big a deal. The Chargers got beat by the Niners. The Niners beat the crap out of the Cardinals in Mexico City. And then they beat the Saints with the shutout. Their offense was kind of stagnant, but I'll take it. So they've been tested against good, uh, better teams. And then they have the Dolphins. This is a big test because, I mean, the Dolphins' defense has been suspect. They've given up a lot of points. And I think the 49ers, it's weird. They're starting to throw more. I think the Kyle Shanahan is finally evolving to where if the running game ain't working, he ain't afraid to throw. And I think I've always, I've always said that Jimmy plays better out of the shotgun and in a widespread offense because that gives him more options. He's actually pretty good at diagnosing plays. But I think once he turns his back to the to the defense with his play action, he loses it all. That's why I think Jimmy go Jimmy plays best when he sees the defense from snap to throw. Whenever you make him do play action and turn his back and then he has to take his eyes away from the defense and then turn back around and look back at him and then diagnose again, that's where Jimmy is horrible. Well, not horrible. I'll just say he's not as good as he is in the shotgun and then spread offense. But, yeah. And then they got the Buccaneers, Seahawks, Commanders. That's a pretty, uh, I wouldn't say a gauntlet, but it could be tougher. Because the Bucs, I mean, they're kind of, they're they're up and down. They're kind of more down this year than up. That O-line can't block for Tom Brady for the life of them. I mean, they're horrible. The Seahawks, I told I told people the Seahawks were going to come back down to earth. Geno Smith, what do you expect? Geno Smith is just riding on the Ryan Fitzpatrick magic carpet that just so happens to come every once in a while. He'll look good. He'll do some magic here and there. But when it comes to playoffs and when it comes to when it really matters, Geno Smith is going to let them down. The Seattle Seahawks will not do anything in the playoffs if they make the playoffs. Because I see the Commanders over the Seahawks in the playoffs. And the Commanders... 
Chase Young makes a huge difference for the commanders. Chase Young is everything. Ever since he came back, things have just started, they've started jiving with the whole defense, the whole team. It's just started jiving, you know? So they need Chase Young. And then the Raiders, sorry-ass Raiders. You can move to Vegas. You can try to throw a diamond on yourself to make you look better, but you're still shit, and that's just what it is. You're still shit, Raiders. I ain't. The Niners, I'm so happy they end the season on the Raiders and Cardinals. Shit and shit. I mean, come on now. What, what more could you ask for? But this, is gonna, this, is, this could be a Super Bowl preview if the Dolphins are for real. But the Niners' defense is elite. It is very hard to throw against this. One, I wouldn't say very hard to throw against them. It's very hard to do anything against this team. And they're getting Eric Armstead back. Eric Armstead is probably one of the most important players, aside from Bosa and Warner, on this team. Eric Armstead... He basically eliminates the the big run game from the other team. That's how good of a run defender he is. The Niners literally had to move some defensive ends to play defensive tackle because Javon Kenlaw and Eric Armstead were out, and the other, what was it, Contavious Street, and some other people were injured, and the other guys just weren't getting it done. So, yeah, that's what it is, and... Eric Armstead's going to make a huge difference, and Nick Bosa might get three sacks this game just because Eric Armstead is back, and he's going to draw so much attention in the middle. If Tua's getting harassed by Armstead up the middle, this whole offense of the Miami Dolphins is going to get blown up, and then you're going to start seeing, oh, screen to Tyreek, oh, screen to Waddle, oh, quick slant, quick slant. They're going to get the ball out of Tua's hands very fast, and I don't think that's what you want to do against the Niners because the Niners want to force you to go lateral. They don't want they don't want you to go vertical. They want you to go lateral because they believe that their defense, being the little missile launchers that they are, they're going to launch to the ball, everybody, wherever it is on the sides. But there's not much you can do when you're running vertical if you're a linebacker or a D lineman. You can't just swarm to the ball if it's vertical. If it's horizontal and it's going lateral, yeah, you can all swarm. So I think that's what the that's what Eric Armstead brings as trouble to the Dolphins. He's gonna be a presence in the middle. But I really like this game because of all the dynamics of the Shanahan and McDaniels, and you got Raheem Moster and Jeff Wilson. Ex-49ers running backs over there with the Dolphins. And then you have Trent Williams, who's dealing with injury. They're the Dolphins' left tackle is dealing with injury. I mean, there's some. There's going to be some bad blood, I think. Not necessarily bad blood, but like when you want to fight a sibling, you're just like, man, I love this guy, but I hate him, and I just want to just pop him in the mouth. But I ain't going to let him beat me, but I want to see him win too. I mean, it's one of those kind of games, and I love it. I love it so much, man. But let's let's put that let's get past the 49ers and Dolphins, man. Let's get to the some Deshaun Watson news. It's week 13, so that means Deshaun Watson is back. What should we expect? Um, I'm expecting average to above average play just because of his support cast in Amari Cooper, and then he has Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt back there. So yeah, I think he's gonna be okay. I just don't think the environment's going to be okay. I mean, you're you're playing your first game back in Houston. I mean, what are the odds that you're going to play your first game back in Houston after all the allegations you went against? And supposedly some of those women are going there. So I don't know what's going on. This dynamic's weird. I fully believe the Niners were out on Watson from the get-go. It's clear that the Niners want to build a, you want to build an organization with a face that people can respect. 
people don't respect Deshaun Watson right now. And that's just, I mean, it's a Cleveland Brown thing. Cleveland Browns, they're, they're just ass. I mean, they're trash and they've been trash for a while. I mean, you're going to have Miles Garrett, Mr. Helmet Swinger, and Deshaun Watson with all his allegations on the same team. <laughs> oh man, Brown teams. That's Brown teams right there, man. Y'all gotta y'all gotta get y'all's head on straight, man. Stop doing Oh, I don't even know what to say. Just just go watch LeBron in Cleveland, those games. That's a, that's the best y'all gotta do. That's the best y'all gonna get in Cleveland is uh the good old LeBron days and, and the Cavaliers. Watson era is beginning. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a rough era. I mean, goodness. I wouldn't wanna deal with any of that. But yeah, he's back. He's back. Um, I think he can do enough to make the Browns competitive, but I don't see them doing anything in the long run. Deshaun Watson. Uh, we'll just we'll just leave it at that. Now let's move on to some. NFC West news that kind of affects a lot, and it's kind of crazy that the Rams have fallen so. They've fallen so far, man. Stafford has been placed on IR, and I'm starting to think that he might retire. I mean, he's he got his ring. McVeigh was already questioning retiring. Stafford's had that in his head, and dealing with all these injuries, and then he's had those concussions. His career could be in question, and I think it's a real conversation that they're having, and the Rams are about to go into complete rebuild mode. They have no draft capital in the first rounds. They don't really have that much um, cap room. McVay might leave. I don't think McVay will leave. He might. It's probably in his head that he could, but I could see Stafford retiring before McVay leaves the Rams because, I mean, the Rams are going to be in a bad spot, but... Stafford to IR that does put his career in question and I'm just like I'm 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 oh I'm upset because you don't want to see NFL players deal with injuries and deal with stuff like that that ends their career. That's why I think the NFL needs to they need to crack down on some of these um injuries and getting rushed back from injuries cuz I mean look at the Tua stuff that happened earlier in the season. You know, you got to be weary with these things you can't force these players back they're human beings man when you have head injuries and you have stuff that is affecting your body it takes time and you rush it back it just gets worse trust me i'm a niner fan we know and kyle shanahan and john lynch they've learned from their mistakes why do you think eric armstead was out so long i mean gosh it's injuries are never good Week 13 games, man. I mean, gosh, there's some good ones and there's some important ones. The Green Bay Packers take on the Chicago Bears. I like the Packers in this game. Christian Watson has added a new element to the Packers game, but that O-line is just playing so bad right now. They need to fix things up. If the O-line can get can get right in the Packers, then this Packers team can actually do something in the playoffs. But they need to win this game. This is a must-win game. They're chasing the wild card at this point. I mean, the commanders are up there, and the Packers are not in a good spot. But if they even want a chance at anything, they have to win this game. I'm going to take the Packers over the Bears, even though they're going to have Justin Fields back. I'm taking the Packers 20-17. to 
The Jaguars and Lions, man. I told you the Lions been playing hard. They they keep it they keep it competitive with whoever they're playing, but they also play down to some opponents, which is why I don't know about this game. The Jaguars, I mean, honestly, I don't like the Jaguars at all. I've been telling people and I've been telling my buddy Eric that Trevor Lawrence is overrated. Trevor Lawrence was wrongly crowned before he even did anything in the NFL. Oh, the next generational guy. Shush, 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 man. The Lions are going to beat the crap out of the Jaguars, I think. And they're going to win this one, I'm going to say, 31-17. to 17. The New York Jets and Minnesota Vikings. This is one of my favorite matchups of the week, aside from another one. But this one is very important to... Two teams over 500 that have playoff aspirations. You got Mike White coming in as the underdog against Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. I'm going to take the New York Jets in this one. The Vikings are heavily favored. And I think they're kind of underestimating Sauce Gardner and Robert Sala and this New York Jets offense. But they do have the home field advantage. So I'm... I'm still going to take the Jets. I'm going to go 24 to 20. New York Jets over Minnesota. And then another important matchup, which I don't think is going to be that good of a matchup because I think the Washington Commanders are just going to run through the New York Giants. The New York Giants are a one-dimensional team, and they're just delusional thinking that Daniel Jones is a is a um, franchise quarterback. He's not. He's just an average dude. I could go find that dude at goddamn Geek Squad and freaking Best Buy and then go put him on the field and train him for a year and he'd be just like Daniel Jones, just an average guy that can run. That's the only thing Daniel Jones got is he can actually move a little bit. He can actually run. He's got some speed to him even though he'll trip because <laughs> he's running too fast. He's faster than he... He thinks he's faster than he actually is, but he's pretty fast. But I'm going to take the commanders in this one. Chase Young in that D-line is going to be all over Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. I like the commanders. I was out on them earlier in the season, man, because we're on Rivera. But, man, they're doing something over there. And it, oh, it's coming together. I like it. Washington commanders, I'm going to take them in this game. I'm going to go 23-20, to 20, Washington over New York. Tennessee Titans against the Philadelphia Eagles. Mike Vrabel, one of my favorite coaches in the NFL. The Eagles, one of the teams that I just think is overrated at this point because they haven't really played tough games, I guess. They haven't played tough defenses, I guess it's a word. But, I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles, man, I ain't worried about them. I think they'll lose this game, actually, to the Tennessee Titans because I don't think they'll be able to stop Derrick Henry, man. Derrick Henry's going to run rampant in this one. If you have Derrick Henry in fantasy, you've got to start him. I think he's going to have a huge game. But I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans in this one, and it's going to be a low-scoring game because of the running. It's going to be pound, pound, pound. So I'm going to go Tennessee Titans 20, Philadelphia Eagles. Ooh, no, 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 no. Oh, Tennessee Titans 21, Philadelphia Eagles 20. I was going to give the Eagles only 17, but I was like, nah, they have to hit 20. But yeah, I'm going to go 21-20, Tennessee Titans. Broncos and Ravens. Oh, man, what are the Broncos cooking over there? <laughs> what you got cooking, Russ? Not nothing but fucking ales for the 49ers. You sorry son of a gun. Why can't you just 
not own the Niners, but all right, I'm going to stop ranting about that. The Baltimore Ravens, I think, are going to win this game. The Broncos just don't have enough over there. And the Ravens, I mean, that run game, it's going to get going. The defense is starting to come together a little bit. Mark Andrews is Mark Andrews. And Lamar, I mean, who do you think on the Broncos is going to stop Lamar? Nobody. So I'm go- taking the Ravens 24-14 to 14 over the Denver Broncos. The Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans. The game with the dynamics. The game with the with the criminal man over there in Cleveland. Touching people and hitting people with helmets over there. But they're going to win against the sorry-ass Houston Texans. I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns winning this one. 17. Houston Texans, 10. Ugly game. Ugly game. Seattle against Los Angeles. Man, the Rams have fallen, and Matthew Stafford was put on IR. So their season is over. It's been over. They're 3-8. and eight. The Seattle Seahawks are actually 6-5, and five, trying to chase the tail end of the 49ers because they've gone on a win streak, and the Seattle Seahawks have gone on a losing streak. But Seattle does have an easier game this week. So I'm going to take Seattle Seahawks in this one, 27, Los Angeles Rams, 14. I think that offense is going to struggle to get going, man. With Matthew Stafford gone, it's so one-dimensional already with Matthew Stafford. So now that he's gone, it's going to get even worse. My favorite matchup, the Dolphins and 49ers. This one, ooh, this is going to be a tough matchup. But I think the 49ers have the opportunity to fully expose the Miami Dolphins. They can fully expose them because they have the they have the tools, they have the weapons, and they have the personnel and coaching to do so. If they can just beat up on the Dolphins and show them to be physical, I don't know how how much the Dolphins are going to be able to fight back. But oh, it's a tough game. But I'm going to go with the 49ers, 35, Dolphins, 27. It's going to be a high scoring game, but. I think a lot of the points for the Dolphins and 49ers might be in the first quarter because I think the coaches are going to come out here with some game plans to score some points quick. These are brothers, remember. These are brothers that love being competitive with each other, so they're going to come out here with their toolkits out. Cincinnati and Kansas City. Man, the the AFC Championship right here. This is who I got in the AFC Championship is the Cincinnati Bengals and the Chiefs just because I believe the Bengals with Joe Burrow, Mixon, and Chase, and then Jesse Bates on the other side, I think they're that good that they're one of the only teams, aside from the Bills, that can keep up with the Chiefs. But, oh man, I was I want to take the Chiefs, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the underdog and Joe Burr. I love me some Joe Burr, and I think he's gonna take out Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs this week. Uh, I'm gonna go. Cincinnati Bengals, 27. Kansas City Chiefs, 24. Los Angeles Chargers against the Las Vegas Raiders. And you heard that right. The Los Angeles Chargers against the Las Vegas Raiders. Who even knew the Raiders were a team? But they're coming off a big win. Oh, the Chargers being so inconsistent. Man, Justin Herbert, the fraud MVP that people give him credit for. Um, Oh, man. Justin Herbert and the Chargers, though, they're going to beat the living crap out of the Raiders because nobody likes the Raiders. I don't like the Raiders. I mean, come on, sorry-ass Raiders. I mean, the Chargers are a good team. Herbert just needs to be more consistent 
and that offense needs to be more. Now, actually, the defense needs to be more consistent in complementing the offense when they are consistent. I think that's the Chargers issue. The offense can go. But when the offense goes, the defense actually has to go a little bit, too. You can't have the offense going full speed and then your defense stuck on neutral. You know, you got to put them at least in first or second gear. Do something. And that's like what the Chiefs do. When the Chiefs go into fifth fifth gear, you know, the defense goes into at least second gear and they're able to keep, hold down the opponent enough for the Chiefs offense to overpower them with points. And with the Chargers, I think they're going to have to start doing the same formula because the offense is going to get going, but the defense just needs to give enough to hold off that opponent so the Chargers offense can overwhelm them in the end. But I'm going to take the Chargers in this one. I'm going to go... 24 to 13, Chargers over Raiders. Josh Jacobs might go crazy in the first half, but I'm going to go with the Chargers adjusting. I think they'll finally start making adjustments since playoff time is getting here, and it's almost crunch time, man. It's almost crunch time. Dallas Cowboys and Indianapolis Colts. I Well, I do know why they put this on primetime because NBC has a love affair with the Dallas Cowboys, but it's also because the Cowboys have struggled playing against the Indianapolis Colts. And the Colts do have a good defense. And Matt Ryan, I mean, he, <laughs> I mean, the Colts quarterback, whoever it be, just needs to play efficiently and get the ball into their playmakers' hands. Michael Pittman, Pierce, and Jonathan Taylor. That's who they need to get the ball. That's three people. It's going to be hard to do that against the Dallas Cowboys' defense. I'm not saying the Dallas Cowboys defense is otherworldly, but they are a great defense. They're a step back from elite, but they're great. And um, it's going to be tough. Michael Parsons is going to make it very tough on whoever's at quarterback for the Colts because I don't even know if they believe fully in Matt Ryan or whoever it be, Sam Ellinger. Oh, they have a tough time, but they need to channel something in that offense to get going. And I think they're going to have to run the ball they had to run the ball a little bit more efficiently. And the Cowboys can be susceptible to the run, but you have to execute. And the Colts have struggled executing. The Cowboys offense, they they can get going. It's going to be up to DeForest Buckner and that defense to make it tough on them. And we've seen Dak snowball. That offense can snowball if you get pressure on Dak and that he will turn the ball over. But I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys in this one. I'm going to go Dallas Cowboys. 23, Indianapolis Colts, 17. Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Ooh, this is a tough game to pick. Oh, man. The Saints are coming off a, a shutout where they got they just got shut out by the Niners. Their offense couldn't do anything. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're having a rough time too. Oh, I want to pick the Saints in this one just because they got shut out and I don't see them losing twice in a row. But I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're fighting to stay in the playoffs. They're the number one seed. And this game is huge because if the Saints win, they pull up right with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the five-win column, in the five-and-seven column. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the opportunity to go up two whole games. I think it'll be two and a half, actually, for the division. So that's why I think it's Tom Brady. Yeah, they're struggling. But Tom Brady knows that when it comes down to these moments, this is when he needs to perform at his best. I don't think I don't know if he'll be at his best, but he'll do enough to win this game and take control of that division. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win this game 20 to 17. Last second field goal 
drive by Tom Brady, get him in field goal range. Let's go. And that's all for the games, man. Those are my picks. You know, we talked a little bit about Shanahan, Mike McDaniels, all the stuff coming in in week 13. Oh, it's great. The playoff picture is coming together. And I'll get back to you on some fantasy, hopefully. And we'll have maybe a week 13 review with my buddy Eric when he hops back on. But until then, thank you for tuning in to the Daily Dubs podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Daily Dubs Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.